Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Everybody, Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to have. Hello, hey everybody. Hey, did I just? You know what? I think I did something wrong. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to have you with us. And hello to you. We are broadcasting live from the KDIX studios in Dickinson, North Dakota. And uh, you can hear me on KDIX. That's the AM station. AM station here in Dickinson. If you live here or. Uh, KDIX has a website called KDIX.net. A lot of you are listening that way. And we have um, Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. And Brother Duran has been so kind and helped us so much to set up on that. And coming out his way sometime in February, end of February, I think we're going to the Phoenix area. So uh, you can be part of this program if you just is okay. You know, I got to tell you who I am because I keep thinking everybody knows, um, just about everybody, right? Well, this is Pastor Bob Simons. I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Five hundred one Elks Drive is our church address, and our next service is Wednesday night at seven thirty. And we had our Friendship Sunday, which we do every first of every 
the month every Sunday, and we have a big meal after church. And uh, it's a time when we try to invite visitors out to uh, come to church with us. I always preach something nice, or I try to. And and, uh, and we and I don't preach long on Friendship Sunday. That's a, that's another thing I try not to, because there's a big meal afterwards, and we had a great time today. And so that the next time that'll happen will be the first of February, first Sunday of February, first Sunday of every month we do that. We've got a bunch of people texting me tonight, and I want to just give shout outs to them. I think the uh, let's see who was the record holder today. Was it Brother Jones? Brother Jones from Minneapolis area. Um, tell it, he always says, tell it. Good to have my friend Brother Jones listening. We've got Brother Greg Johnson listening down in Arizona. Now he, now he told me he met some people from North Dakota, and I don't, those names don't sound familiar to me, Brother uh, Brother Johnson, so I'm not sure who they are. Maybe maybe I'm just losing my mind. We've got uh, Sister Brett's listening from Kildare. That's a city about 33 miles north of Dickinson. We have Tina, Sister Tina listening up there, too. And I uh, prayed for you, Sister Tina. I heard you were in some pain today, and we prayed for you. Um, we've got Lori in South Hart. That's a city that's about 10 miles west of Dickinson. We've got Carl and Jeannie listening way out in Michigan tonight. These are friends of ours that uh, have been faithful listeners to the Tell It Like It Is show. Carl and I have some history together. We met, I think we met maybe the first time while he was in jail, and uh Kind of a long story, but he ended up getting in the church, and um, and now he married a really nice lady in Michigan, and and um, just oh, if if I'm anywhere nearby, they'll drive by and see me, and I always my wife and I always think that's so neat. We've got uh, I mentioned earlier Greg Johnson listening in Arizona. We've got uh, the Millers listening out in Beach, North Dakota. The Millers. We've got Ben Yoder listening. He's a he's a. a man from Pennsylvania that comes out here all the time. He's got relatives out here and he's kind of kind of just about like one of my grandsons too. He's friends with all my grandkids and and um so we always are excited when we see brother Ben Yoder come out. Yvonne and Marin listening in Bowman and they come up to our church a lot. That's a long drive, but they'll they'll come up and um they um they have a their church down there, but they'll if we have a special meal or service they'll come up Let's see who a bunch of people are just texting me now too. Let's see who we got. We've got uh, we've got Jody listening in, um, and she wants me to play a Bill Farron song. I think I can do that. We've got the the Loopies listening and Harvey tonight. Jody James and the kids. Uh, we've got um, let's see. We got a bunch of other people who are who's all texting me here. Um, let's see. Raul is listening or Becky is listening um, tonight. So. And uh, it shows up Raul on my phone. Becky's listening down in Wapaton. We got Tim listening in North Carolina. His his wife Tammy must not have liked the show last week. She's not listening. We've got the Willises, the Willises and the boys listening in. What what about the Willis girl? What's wrong with her? Where's Cecilia at? She she doesn't like to tell it like it is radio show. You can. How do I know that they're listening? Well, they're texting me. That's how they're doing it. Seven zero one two nine zero. Seven eight six two seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. Now, I've got um, I've got a uh, oh Bobby's listening tonight. Bobby Simons. My name my name is Bob Simons, and her name is Bobby Simons. I wonder if we're related. Bobby Simons is um, one of my granddaughters, and she's listening tonight. Good to have her listening. She just texted me. I brought my guitar in the studio, so I think I'm going to sing. Let's see here. We're, I'm on live radio. I don't have any help in here, so I'm, gonna, I'm just kind of going to set this up here. This song will introduce my topic in some ways. I'm going to talk about, the topic is going to be talking about uh, spirits that we let into our lives, and it, it's going to be a little spooky maybe for the Tell It Like It Is radio show because I'm going to talk about demonic spirits and uh, and how that not devil possession but the influence of demonic spirits in our lives that run through families, and uh, we have to we have to make sure that we crucify this flesh and drive out those things. So this song is a song I wrote many years ago, based on Mark chapter five. The man that was possessed with legion, and he was, um, and Jesus came and cast out all those demons and set him free. So if you know the story of Mark chapter 5 about the Legion, this song will make a lot of sense to you. 
I had been dying among these old tombs, lonely, naked, and confused. My life was hopeless, nothing left for me, only to wait in misery. The day that I saw him walking down my shore, I could not believe he came for me. I ran to his feet. Began to worship him. The next thing I knew, I was free. I was free from the chains that had surrounded me. I had been blind, but now I see the chains of my sin. That had surrounded me now lay broken at his feet. I'm not the man I used to be. They lay broken at his feet. They're no longer part of me. Feel so good. To be free, good to be free, free from the chains of my misery. My sins all ran and were choked in the sea. Now look at me, I'm sitting free at His feet. Feel so good. To be free, good to be free, free from the chains of my misery. My sins all ran and were choked in the sea. Now look at me, I'm sitting free. Look at me, I'm clothed and free. Look at me, I'm sane and free, sitting at His feet. Feels good to be free, it really does. And uh, I might not have been as bad a case as that man possessed with legion, but but the Lord delivered me too. I want to turn your attention to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter eighteen, verses nine through twelve. And uh, we've got Grace listening from North Carolina. We've got, um, let's see, anybody else texting me tonight? No, text me 701-290-7862. Deuteronomy 18.9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. I want to zero in... um, on this little word here that says familiar spirit. Familiar spirit. It's an Old Testament word. Um, it's used, it's just, uh, fam- the word familiar there is just O-W-B, just pronounced ob. And it's talking about uh, demonic spirits that don't necessarily possess people, but influence people. And people that actually tried to conjure these spirits up were called uh, you know, witches and, and um, people that use di- divination, enchanters, wizards, uh, people like that, charmers. Now, the, and I'm not going to necessarily talk about the evils of witchcraft tonight, although that would make a good and interesting 
tell it like it is program, I would think, and, and it's certainly not off limits. But God was against that. He was against people that were using these demonic spirits for their own gain, for uh, fortune-telling or whatever else. But I want you to also know that the word familiar there means uh, just kind of what it sounds like. It's it, it has the word family in it, and it has the word liar in it. And these familiar spirits are spirits that we are comfortable with. And I hope I don't confuse you tonight. I'm going to try to build this base rather quickly, but uh, we find uh, another instance in First Chronicles where King Saul had consulted a witch that had a familiar spirit, and, and he, uh, God, that was the final straw for King Saul. It really was. Uh, he, he, Saul died. Uh, he had disobeyed the commandment of the Lord. He didn't inquire of the Lord, and then he consulted a witch, the Bible says in First Chronicles 10, 13, and 14. Now, before I get into exactly what this is and why I'm speaking about it tonight, there is a, in the Old Testament, we read where, and this this is some pretty tough stuff, and I, I mean, I'm not going to shy away from it, but we read how the children of Israel, when they came into the Promised Land after they escaped out of Egypt, they were commanded to drive out or kill the inhabitants of the land that we call Israel now. I'm glad I live in the New Testament. Uh, that's not the way we do it now. We kill our enemies by making friends out of them. That's the way we do it now. But anyway, in the Old Testament, they were taken. They were they were taking over the Promised Land. The people either had to leave or they were killed. Now, why was that? Why did God command that? Well, number one, it was God's judgment against these wicked nations, which were very wicked. And I think biblical archaeology has borne that out. Uh, these were people that were sacrificing their children to their gods. They're just very, very evil, wicked, cruel people. And so, number one, uh, God didn't, you know, send a flood or, or a, um, you know, rain down fire from heaven like he did on Sodom and Gomorrah. He used the children of Israel for his judgment against them. But number two, and more specifically to my program tonight, he did not want the people of that land that they were to conquer, he didn't want his people to pick up their customs and their ways and their practices, their gods. Uh, he didn't want them to do that. Now, what's interesting was when they started taking over the promised land, and I hope, you know, I usually don't get like super deep in this program. I try to keep the topic right on the surface and just hammer it home every week. But tonight, you're just going to have to bear with me. And I, if somebody's tuning in later, I don't think they'll be confused. But in Judges chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, um, we uh, it says this. It says, And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you to go up in, out of Egypt and have brought you into the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Wherefore, I also said I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. And so in Judges 2, we read that an angel from the Lord came and spoke to these people and said, you did not do what I said. You did not drive these people out. And because of this, these people are going to be a thorn in your side. And they're going to, their gods will be a snare unto you. Now what he's referring to, part of what he's referring to, is, for instance, there were some people that lived in the promised land named the Gibeonites. And they had tricked Israel. They had claimed they were from a very far country, but they were not. And they made their clothes look old and their bread look moldy. And they, they said, we've come from a far country. We've heard how great of a people you are. And we want to make a truce with you. And they made an official legal truce only to find out the Gibeonites had tricked Israel. And they were actually living in the land of Israel. So when Satan knows that he's going to be destroyed, he tries to trick God's people into to making a league. Like, when we come to God, we have these customs and traits and even spirits that have maybe family 
history. And instead of getting rid of them, we bring them sometimes, we're not supposed to, with us when we come to God. Now, I'm not trying to spook anyone out here, but there are family traits of dysfunction that seem to be passed on in families. That word familiar, I said it earlier, familiar spirit, it has the word family in it. It has the word liar in it. These familiar spirits or patterns or habits, these go-to behaviors, can either be inherited or even developed in our lives. Um, In my case, and I here again, I'm not trying to make the devil bigger than he is, but I was a pretty good kid. I was a pretty clean living kid when I was in junior high. I um, I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I didn't swear. I, I was moral. I mean, with girls, I didn't I didn't uh, do any of those things. But when I was about in ninth grade, I for a present. I received my first Alice Cooper album. It was called Billion Dollar Babies by the rock singer Alice Cooper. That began to change me. Now, I'm not blaming Alice Cooper, and I'm not going to blame the person that gave me the album. But it began to change me, and I began to pick up some terrible things in my life. And when I came to God, I got rid of that and I've kept it away from me. You've got to keep these things dead because these familiar spirits are familiar to you. The problem that you have, not everybody else may have. And they can reoccur in your life if you allow them to. It's very difficult to change the things that are familiar or normal to us whether it be something in our flesh or whether it be a familiar spirit. I I feel like I'm getting too deep maybe tonight for maybe some of you that are listening that aren't Bible-based, and I try to to walk a line on this program to where I make everything really easy to understand. But in our culture, folks, we have explained away a lot of things as either genetics or learned behavior. Now, I believe in genetics, and I also believe in learned behavior. But there's something else that other cultures, I think, still believe in, and they're correct. There are familiar spirits. There there are things that influence people that are not necessarily learned behavior, and they're not necessarily genetics. You know, there, there are things that cause people to do things that don't make any sense. Um, I've got a friend, he's a pastor down in Pierre, South Dakota. His last name is Benjamin, Pastor Benjamin. And he has a home there that he helps women. He and his wife help women uh, to overcome drug addiction. Now, what's interesting, I talked to Brother Benjamin about this. In fact, he gave me his materials and um, some really neat ideas, but one of the things that he does is he deals with something he calls triggers. Now, you can be free from methamphetamine or any drug for many years. You can be free from it for 10 years, for instance. And there could be something that will happen to you, and it will trigger something, and you'll start using meth again, for instance, and not even know in some ways that you started. Until maybe three months later you're in jail or you're divorced or or um, you've lost your job and you're destitute. And you wonder, and if anybody out there knows what I'm talking about, if you text me tonight, 701-290-7862, and all of a sudden you're like, How did what happened? I was I was I was clean for two years. Why would I start using when I know better? Like I don't want to use even. Well, That's because of this trigger, or I might even call it a familiar spirit, where when something happens, your go-to is to start using meth again. And what Brother Benjamin does is he uses scriptural memorization when that trigger happens, that you've got so much scripture in your head, instead of triggering and going to meth, 
you trigger and you start quoting scriptures that you have memorized until this thing passes. It is cooler than anything. I mean, that is a good idea. They have trained their brain to begin to quote scriptures instead of allowing this trigger to take them down to a whatever it is. And many times we let triggers make us go back to our own familiar ways, our own familiar spirits. Am I am I coming through like somebody texts me tonight? You know, I, I mean, is is it is this making sense to us? So, so we let's for instance let's say that you've had an anger issue, but you're conquered it now, and somebody cuts you off in traffic. There is a there is a go to behavior that we've had maybe for years. There's a trigger that happens, and there's something deeper than a learned behavior or genetics. You've already you've already unlearned it. You've already overcome it, and now that rage is rising up inside of you that you thought you didn't even have anymore. You see, I'm tying this all together. You know, God wants us to drive these familiar spirits out of our life. You know, this in America, we have become so smart that we don't even believe in the devil anymore. Now, I'm not saying I don't believe in the devil anymore. I, I do believe in the devil. I, I really do. I, I watch his work in people's lives, destroying marriages, homes, and even people's lives. But we need to drive out these worldly, familiar spirits, these worldly habits, these customs, these family traditions, these ways of thinking. We need to drive them away from us. If we leave them, just like the children of Israel, if we leave them in our land, they're going to be thorns in our sides and snares, and we'll never be able to successfully Live for God. You know, this, this, um, um, so I'm going to talk tonight. How can we have victory over familiar spirits? How can we have victory over them? You know, I, I, I'm going to play several songs tonight on my guitar. I don't know how I'm going to get through all this. I shouldn't have maybe wasted so much time at the beginning, but, um, here's how to have victory over these familiar spirits. In Colossians chapter three and eight, the apostle Paul says there's some things we need to put, take off and there's some things we need to put on. And this is not the only time the Apostle Paul uses that kind of language. Colossians 3 and 8, But now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of our mouth. And then he, and then in Ephesians chapter 4.22, he says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So what the Apostle Paul says, we have to put off the old man. We have to drive out these old ways of doing things out of our life. We've got to, and it's not a one-time thing. You have to just keep working on that. And then he said to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We need to identify these wrong ways of thinking by being renewed in our mind. We have to fill our mind with the Word of God to realize what I'm thinking right now is wrong. That's what... I've I've got a man in our church, Brother Ralph, that loves this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. He said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And if you look at 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, you're going to see that Satan's main power is in our mind. That's where the influence comes. The mind is the the main battleground of everybody. You know, if you if you're having trouble with pornography, it's your mind. That's what it is. No matter what you're having a problem with, whatever your battle is, anger, pornography, drugs, alcohol, even even depression, <clears throat> we've got to fight the battle in our mind. Well, in Ephesians 4, it, it goes on to say in verse 24, 
that you put on. Remember, I'm talking about you take off, you put on. You put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This is talking about the new birth. This is talking about repentance, you know, asking God for forgiveness, turning away from sin. It's talking about being born of the water, which is being immersed in the name of Jesus Christ with repentance and immersion in the name of Jesus Christ in water. That works for the forgiveness of sins. And then it says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And so we put on the new man by doing this. And then he goes, wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. And so I'm I'm just keep I'm coming full circle back around now again that we we have to drive these familiar spirits out of our life. We have to drive them out of our life. It's you don't want to give them a little hold, a little place. You know, Ephesians four twenty seven that I just read. Neither give place to the devil. Head lice need just a little place. Head lice can't live very long without a host. They just need a little place to call their own. They die pretty quickly, I heard, if they don't have one. And so they have to jump from head to head. I don't have head lice right now, but I just itched my head. Are you itching your head? You know, so we have got to drive out and crowd out the devil from our life. Whew. Wow. It just seems so much how, how um, you know, how our... Uh, how are you doing out there? You know, am I am I losing everybody? I mean, this I know this is a little different radio program than uh, than I usually do, but I'm talking about we have to change. You know, we we can't go back after we come to God back to these old habits again. Like Pastor Bob doesn't listen to rock and roll music anymore. Now, am I interested in it? Yeah, there's part of me that is. You know. Um, you, you know, there's there's part of me. I mean, that's that was my life. I mean, I, I had every Alice Cooper song memorized. I mean, the words, I dressed like him. I mean, I, I mean all these, these singers and songwriters, I idolized them. You know, the Led Zeppelin, all these people, they, they were my heroes. But, you know, I don't listen to that music anymore. Why? Because I know that is a familiar spirit to me. And it and it and it just about took me down. It brought a pretty clean living kid into drug addiction, into to lying, to um, and I'm. You say, are you blaming these people? Not really, but I'll tell you what they they were not a good influence on me. Mm, well, here's a song. Let's try this. Just, just taking a little break. Sing a song. Gonna tell you a story that you probably heard. And at the risk of being redundant, how how does that? Gonna tell you something that may not thrill you, but it could not hurt. Well, it comes out of the sacred writing of the Israelites. It's a story of David, how he slew Goliath. Well, the king of his country didn't trust in him much. So to David's alarm, he tried to put in him his armor, but the thing was so heavy, David couldn't stand up. So he left it by the river, where he gathered five smooth stones. Guess it's safe to say he figured he wasn't going out alone. Not alone in what trouble or giants, what's wrong with being small? Bigger they come, you know, the harder they fall when you're fighting for Zion. On the Lord's side, think you're going to find ain't no trouble at all. Well, there must have been some laughter among the Philistines At the sight of this scrawny little shepherd coming out to meet the record-breaking mammoth of a man who was a killing machine But it didn't stop David Cause he's smart enough to know More the size of who you put your faith in Than the size of your foe Whoa, whoa, and what trouble are giants? What's wrong with being small? Bigger they come, you know, the harder they fall When you're fighting for Zion on the Lord's side, think you're going to find me. No trouble at all. What trouble are giants? What's wrong with being small? Bigger they come, you know, the harder they fall when you're fighting for Zion. On the Lord's side, think you're going to find me. No trouble at all. No trouble at all. 
No trouble at all. No trouble at all. No trouble at all. <laughs> no trouble at all. What trouble are giants? <laughs> no trouble at all. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Um, I, I didn't even check with my agent if I could sing that song. I didn't write that song, by the way. That was a Rich Mullins song. Talking about familiar spirits tonight, and now people are texting me. Uh, we've got people texting, adding stuff. We got, we got people listening. Um, uh, we've got um, people are saying they're with me. I'm right on. Good. I, I, I'm good. I just, I'm a little worried, Brother Jones and Brother Johnson, that I might be losing some of my audience tonight. Not that they're tuning out, but I just hope they're following me. God wants us to drive these. Maybe I'll just try to say it this this way. These these old habits, these old customs, these old go-to behaviors that we've had for years that God has delivered us from, but if we allow them a little foothold in our life, they can still come back. How much like the devil? He just is asking, like he's like head lice. He just needs a little place in our life, just a little cozy foothold that he can call his own. He does not like to be homeless. I sang that song earlier about Legion in Mark chapter 5, that little song I had written. And Legion, the demons cried out together to Jesus, please don't cast us. We need a home. We want somewhere to live. And he cast them into a herd of pigs. Without a human foothold, Satan and his demons have no power. Did you get that? But with a human foothold, they have all kinds of power. If they can get into a little boy named Adolf Hitler, they can destroy millions of people. Satan has to have a home. And I'm telling you tonight, we, we have to make sure he doesn't. It's time to identify and destroy the footholds that you've allowed him to have in your and that you've become familiar, that have become familiar with you. Just a little place in your life. Are you playing with familiar spirits? Any secret place is usually where the devil likes to live. And you'll never have complete victory until you drive them out completely. Again, the scripture in Judges chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Wherefore I said, I wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from you before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. In other words, God said, if you don't get rid of them, I'm not going to be able to help you. Let me talk to you about some of the little footholds that the devil has in people's lives. Number one, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a nice place for the devil to live. That there really isn't a word, unforgiveness. There's, I don't think there, is there even a word, unforgiveness? I, I use it all the time. But I don't even, if you spell check it, I don't even think it works. But it makes sense to me. If you won't forgive people, if you have bitterness in your life, that is a place for the devil to live, and it will destroy you. Bringing up old hurts and bitternesses. You know, um, I've got to be so careful here, because if I use examples, there may be people even listening to me tonight. But I, I know people that this is an area where they... they um, they seem to try, do good in every other area, but they have allowed the devil to let them remember things. You know, there there was a somebody that I know that hated his mother so bad that even when she wrote him a letter, he just wouldn't read it. I mean, he wouldn't even look at it. That is a place for the devil to live. And if you have 
bitterness, uh, what I call unforgiveness in your life, (coughs) you are opening yourself up for all kinds of issues. Because once the devil has a little place to live in your life, he has a lot of power. Because it's in your brain. It's in your thinking. It will poison. It will take your joy away. You know, this, this, um, you know, there is a friend of mine, uh, Brother Farron. In fact, um, uh, somebody requested us to sing a, or play a song by Brother Farron. I'll try to do that. I, I'm not sure how am I gonna, even going to get to it here, uh, just because of the way it's going to work tonight. But, uh, Brother Farron is, he's a, he's an evangelist and he's also a singer songwriter too, but he, He's got some of the most common sense things that he says. And, and, and our church has picked up on some of these things. And if Brother Farron's listening tonight, I want you to know there's a couple things you've said in our church that have really helped people more than that probably. But one of the things is if you're bitter and you're, you have unforgiveness in your heart, you need to pray for the person that you're upset with every day. And you pray the blessings of God on their life. And I have tried this. Pastor Bob is is pretty thick skin, thick skinned person. I I don't get my feelings hurt a lot, but I promise you I have. And uh, and I have put this into practice, and it works. Pray for your enemies, Jesus said, not only for their benefit, but also for yours. So number one, unforgiveness. That's a little foothold. There's all kinds of them. Number two. Secret sexual fantasy is a wonderful home for the devil. Now, people think, you know, they probably wondered why I didn't make that number one, because that's what a lot of people think about. Well, its I'll tell you, it's, it's true. It's one of them, but it's not the only one. Don't play games with that. Once you understand that Satan is, is uh, behind that industry, for instance, the pornography industry, it is evil. You know, it, it is evil. It is is not, it's not, I mean, God gave us our sex drive. He, he wanted us to use it for mar- within marriage, but Satan has perverted it. And, um, and, and I'm telling you, this is a foothold that Satan has in people's lives. And you might see, and the power of it is the secrecy of it. Um, there, there is this secrecy of it. That's why if you cannot overcome this, I want to recommend to you to find a person you trust. Uh, if you're a woman, find a woman. If you're a man, find a man. And tell them about this problem. Because this type of sin, if it's exposed to the light, will lose its power. Rebellion is a familiar spirit. I don't, I have, um, I am so, um, I'm so out of time here. Rebellion is a familiar spirit. Little bit of secret rebellion. Just a little bit of, um, you know, I'm going to trim my hair. Or, you know, little, you know, what's so interesting to me is when people have the spirit of rebellion, they'll play games with things in the church. Like, for instance, in our church, as a pastor, I, I preach, you know, uh, I preach uh, that we need to have, you know, rules of order in our life. We need to set standards in our life. And one of the standards we set in church leadership is no tobacco. You know, we don't want our church to be used tobacco. And so as a pastor, I'm saying, if you come to this church, you're a leader in this church, I don't want you to have anything to do with tobacco. Now, are there people that come to our church that use tobacco? I'm sure there are. But if you're in leadership in our church, you don't. But it's interesting to me that when people begin to rebel against God, they secretly start to smoke. Why? Because in their minds they're saying, it really isn't that bad. It really doesn't alter my mind. It's not any worse than overeating, they say. But why do they do it? Because there is a, a little bit, there's a, there's a familiar spirit. Tobacco, when it comes to an apostolic, has all kinds of things to do with rebellion. I have watched people harbor rebellion in their heart, and it has destroyed them spiritually. 
Samuel, the prophet, told uh, King Saul, he said, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Why did he say that? Because rebellion is a familiar spirit. Witchcraft and familiar spirit are the same type of thing. Rebellion, when you rebel against God, and if you even do it secretly, maybe you've got some secret little sin you're keeping as a rebellion against God. Maybe it's you read secretly read little secular romance novels, or maybe you secretly watch movies on your computer. You know, you say, "Well, Pastor Bob, I don't have a TV, but I, but maybe you secretly watch these. Maybe, maybe secretly you pull up on Spotify your old music, that familiar spirit." Whether it's country or rock and roll, there's a familiar spirit to both of those. Some of the other familiar spirits, and I'm just going to go through these. He, he, Ephesians 4.26, I read the scripture, unresolved anger is a familiar spirit. Make sure you deal with it. You know, people kill themselves because of anger. Anger and self-pity are familiar spirits. Don't hold on to it. Paul said, don't let it last longer than a day. He said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Get rid of it. You know, it's it's the human condition to be angry. But what do you do with that anger? Do you internalize it? Do you harbor, harbor it? Do you feed it? Or do you drive it out? Don't make a league with the Gibeonites. Don't make a league with your anger problem. And then also in the text that I read in Ephesians 4, he says, put away lying. Dishonesty is a familiar spirit. Don't play games with it. Start by being honest. Keep your mouth shut until you think about what you're going to say. You know, this This is um, an over, I mean, I can go on and on and on and on and on. You know, the, the um, uh, <coughs> murmuring, complaining, unthankful attitudes, depression. These are familiar spirits. And all the devil needs is just a little place in your life to live. Just a little area to call his home. And once he's there, that decay begins. You know, we were making uh, sausage, which is becoming a family tradition in our family which was a family tradition with my wife's family. But now we make sausage every year, uh, usually the day after Thanksgiving or even the Saturday after Thanksgiving. One of the things I didn't realize, but a lot of old German people say you can't put the garlic seed in the sausage. You You have to make the garlic seed water, like you have to pour hot water over the garlic seed and then pour the water in the sausage, because the seed will cause decay of the meat around the seed once it sits in there. And I've heard that now from two different people, so there might be something to it. So we don't do that. That's I we don't we don't pour we don't put the garlic seed in or the garlic powder in the sausage. We we um we diffuse it with water. This is the way the decay works when you allow Satan to have a little place in your life. You you put this seed of whatever it is, a secret sexual sin, bitterness, dishonesty, um, rebellion, uh, unthankful attitudes, this little seed will begin like a it'll begin to destroy your life. And you can look good on the outside. Like Jesus told the Pharisees in Matthew 23, 27 through 28, he said, Woe unto you Pharisees and hypocrites. You're like whited sepulchers or tombstones. You appear beautiful on the outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you're full of hypocrisy, iniquity. Why? Because they've allowed the Satan from Satan from the inside out to destroy them. You're, Jesus said, "You're looking good on the outside, but just like a rusted car that's been painted over, or some rotted wood that's been clattered over with metal, or a nice um, sided rock sheetrocked wall 
that's moldy on the inside because of a, a window that's leaking. You know, this, um, you know, and Satan just needs a little place in our life. Satan just needs a little place in our church. Paul said, a little leaven <coughs> leaveneth the whole lump. That's why churches need to preach about sin. Everybody is welcome at the New Life Pentecostal Church. I don't care who you are. But not everyone will feel comfortable there because we talk about issues that God is concerned with. So how do churches change? They quit talking about things like that. They allow things that are not right to be in there long enough to where the devil just moves in. Like, for instance, areas of modesty. You know, like, like here again, if somebody walks into our church and, and looks like, uh, you know, doesn't have modest clothing on, we're, they're welcome here. But they're not going to be in leadership. That's what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about uh, giving place to the devil by who we invite to church. I, I want. I don't care if you're a hell's angel or a, I don't care what you do. You know, you're invited to our church. But until you change your ways, you're not going to be preaching in our church and you're not going to be teaching Sunday school in our church. We can't, uh, man, I am out of time. I should have made this a two-part program today. So, but after, okay, so maybe I've made enough here, but, but, um, the difference between living for God for the long haul or just a flash in the pan is this. After you kick the devil out, you've got to keep him out. And that's the reason I don't go back to my music. That's the reason and my addictive behaviors. Pastor Bob has an addictive personality. I believe it's real. I don't think it's a curse. I can addict myself to whatever I want. I could addict myself to the ministry of the Word, like the Scripture says. I could addict myself to memorizing the Bible. I can addict myself to being a good grandfather. I can addict myself to being a good worker. I can addict myself to learning to play the guitar better for, for ministry. You see, addictive behavior is not a sin. It's what you're addicted to. And I have to stay away from those familiar spirits. Don't let Satan trick you like the Gibeonites tricked Israel. Because Jesus said in Matthew twelve forty three, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, finding none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. <coughs> David said this in Psalm 139, 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Is there something that you're harboring in your heart tonight? David went on to say in Psalm 19 and 12, he said, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Let's see here. Bear with me just a second. Uh, All right, there we are. I can end the song with the Bill, end the show with the Bill Farron song. Um, If you want to visit us this week in this area that we live in, North Dakota, the New Life Pentecostal Church is located on at 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. On Friday mornings at 6 a.m., we have a men's Bible study at the church. On Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock is Sunday school. That's for all age groups. Uh, we have Sunday school classes for children. We have Sunday school classes for adults. We have a, a basic Bible class that I teach. And uh, and I really want to encourage you to come to that. If you want to learn about the Bible, uh, I, I really want you to come. And then at 11 o'clock is our worship service. Now, if you live in Beach, which is 60 miles to the west of us, we have at this time we have a Tuesday night service at 7.30 at the Beach Community Center. And that, uh, we have a building there that we are slowly in the process of finishing. And then uh, when we get that finished, we'll have Sunday services there also. Now, in Bowman, we've got another uh church that's 
associated with our church. And that we have service there Thursday nights. We have two ladies listening from that church um, tonight. We have church there at 7.30 on Thursday nights. That's on 18 North Main, Bowman. And we have <coughs> Sunday mornings at 10.30. Uh, pastor Seth Springer is the pastor, and uh, just a great man, great family. And, and we'd love to have, invite you to that. God is calling us to cast out these familiar spirits. That's what he wants us to do. And and that's that's what that's what this program is about. Don't don't go back. Don't play games. You know, Satan is has already been defeated by by the, he's been defeated by the Lord. But if he can find a little place in Pastor Bob's life, that's all he wants. Just a little place. Well, I got now I got two songs going on in my head, and that's a bad thing. Wow, that's that's really a bad thing when you're on live radio. <laughs> well, let's see how does this song go. Um, I had heard the rumors a hundred times before, but this time it was different, and then I knew for sure. Goliath stood before me. He was a giant among men. And every fear I'd ever had was embodied all in him. His eyes were full of fire and hatred running wild. He was Satan's champion, but I was Israel's child. A thousand eyes upon us From a thousand frightened men As he raised his mighty spear I knew his life would end I said, Goliath, you are mighty But you cannot win this war When the one who stands before you Standing in the Lord All the power and the glory, they're mine in Jesus' name. And Goliath, in this hour, you'll be the next giant slain. I raised my sling towards heaven, and I whirled at God's command. The stone was charged with lightning as I felt it leave my hand. Every now and then, when giants come my way, I call upon the Lord of Lords, turn to them and say, I say, Goliath, you are mighty, but you cannot win this war, when the one who stands before you is standing in the Lord, all the power and the glory. They're mine in Jesus' name. And Goliath, in this hour, you'll be the next giant slain. You'll be the next giant slain. And Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this program, we know that we have power over the enemy. But, Lord, help us to guard our thoughts. God, help us keep our guard up against especially those familiar spirits, those things maybe that have attacked our family, that have attacked us personally over the years. God, help us be aware. Help us watch. God, help us not to be ignorant of the devil and his devices. We just pray tonight in the name of Jesus. It has been my pleasure being the host of our program tonight, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Thank you so much for listening, and I say this, but I really mean it. I'm honored that you would listen to this. A lot of other good things you could be doing tonight, other good preaching you could be listening, and so you that are listening, I really appreciate it. I, this song called Thankful by Bill Farron was requested for ending the program with it tonight. Next, Sunday night at 8.06 Mountain Time, tune in for another Tell It Like It Is 
Then I am made wrong I'm thankful for the blood you shed for me When you died on Calvary Cause when I'm baptized It removes all my wrong I'm thankful When salvation was so near So at those times you don't feel like Lifting your voice Remember that Jesus has purchased your choice The praises you offer can set captives free Because where Jesus is There will be liberty But if we do not praise you
Speaking to the wind and waves, peace be still. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.